1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. Our Sunday morning series has been four things we must confess. And today we're going to deal with walking in the blessing of the Lord. And I want to encourage you that if you were not here this past week for the special services pastor did on mastering money that you watch or listen to those messages, and even if you were here and heard them, to listen to them again, watch them again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it's in hearing the Word that we'll get our answer. It's in hearing the Word that the Lord will deal with our heart about what action steps that we need to take in our lives. One of our launching scriptures has been Proverbs 18:21, which says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And the sad truth is too many people, even too many believers, they speak death to their life and to their circumstances. So if you want to change your life for the better, you've got to change what you're saying, you've got to change what you are confessing. We've learned that words spoken in faith, say in faith, words spoken in faith, they will put positive pressure on your circumstances. We all know about negative pressure and negative peer pressure, but there is a positive pressure you can put on your life and your circumstances by saying what the Word says. In Isaiah 55 and verse 11, we've seen that the Word of our Heavenly Father, it does not return to Him void, but accomplishes its purpose. And we've learned that we are made in His image, that He has given us dominion and authority. So whether you realize it or not, your words have great authority. So what you say in your life, it matters. And your words will not return to you void. So change your words to change your life and circumstances for the better. To live a victorious Christian life, you must know and confess who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, what you possess in Christ, and what you can do in Christ. And the last few Sundays, we've been learning about what we possess in Christ. It greatly grieves us because I am hearing more and more from families and church members about negative pressure on the job to do this or that, to get this or that, or you're going to be fired 
and you're going to lose your job. And as people walk through that, look to the Lord as their source and believe God, we're in agreement that you'll be blessed with better, making more money with better benefits. But say tomorrow, if you were going to go and it was going to be your first day on a new job or maybe the last interview and they tell you about what you're going to be making and about all the benefits, the, the health benefits, the insurance benefits, the, the dental benefits, any of us, because we're smart people, amen, I believe you're a smart person, we would say, I want every benefit that is available to me, amen? I, I, I want it all. I want every, it's got my name on it. I want every benefit. And when we talk about what we possess in Christ, we're learning about the benefits that are available to us because of what Jesus did on, my, on our behalf. Say, there are benefits available to me. Say, they have my name on them. Wouldn't it be sad to be in heaven someday and to find out about all the benefits that belong to us, but we never walked in them because we either didn't see it in the Word or we didn't hear about it, we didn't know about it, or we saw it in the Word and we, we heard about it, but because of religion and because of religious prejudices, we, we believed that we weren't good enough for it or we weren't qualified for it, or perhaps those benefits were just for some, the super-duper believers, and they weren't for every believer. So we're learning about what we must confess in Christ. We're learning about what we possess in Christ. So first we learn that we possess divine health in Christ. Say, I possess, I possess. divine health, divine health. In, Christ. in Christ. And this is part of our witness in 2021. You know, just when you think the crazy train's over, the crazy train ramps up again. I once I was in my in-law's neighborhood, Scott and Carolyn's neighborhood, and someone drove by, they were in a convertible. And, uh, you know, we live in Texas. It can get so hot where you don't even want to put the convertible top down because it is too hot. They drove by in the convertible by themselves, but they had, they had a mask on. Well, anyone knows it's not going to get you while you're driving down the road at 40 miles an hour in your car by yourself. So part of our witness in 2021 is in the midst of all this fear, in the midst of all this irrationality, part of our witness is that we are the blessed and healed of Almighty God. And part of our witness is not only that we believe in the healing power of God, but we see from the Word of God that there's something even better that belongs to us, and that is divine health. You might have heard me tell this maybe a month ago. I was in the atrium greeting people, and a young man came by, and he was about to shake my hand, and uh, he did what, what, what our children do sometimes. You know, he, he looked like he was going to have a great big sneezed, and he sneezed in his hands. I held out my hand anyway and said, that's okay, it doesn't bother me at all. Because we've got little kids, they're doing that all the time. Amen. Samuel had a great big sneeze recently, and he was kind of looking where to sneeze, and he sneezed on one of his sisters. <laughs> Part of our witness is we're in the midst of all of this, we're walking in the healing power of God, and we're walking in divine health, and we're blessed, and we're protected. We learned a few Sundays ago that we possess long life in Christ. Say, say long life. Long life. Say, I possess, I possess. Long, life long life in Christ. In Christ. Say, as long as, the Lord tarries, as long as the Lord tarries, I'm going to live, going to live in good health, good and the number of my days, 
I will fulfill. And we, we saw that, that that was a benefit that belonged to God's children in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. So how much more does it belong to us in Christ Jesus? New ground. Third, we possess the blessing of Abraham in Christ Jesus. Say, I possess, I possess. the blessing of Abraham in Christ. And you just have to get your mind around it at the beginning. The blessings of the Lord are not just spiritual. Praise God for every spiritual blessing. But the blessings of the Lord are not just spiritual. And there is a religious prejudice. There is a theological prejudice. There is sometimes a denominational prejudice that would say the blessings of the Lord aren't, they're, they're just spiritual, and there's nothing else to that. Well, we're going to see from the Word of God that that is not the case. And, and I've learned some things as a young man, going to seminary, being around educated people, that a lot of times the people that would lead you to believe that the blessings of the Lord are just spiritual and there's no materiality to it, if you get to know them, you'll find out that they themselves are blessed. And there's something, too, that, that they think that's for them, but that's not for everyone. But our, our Heavenly Father does not show favoritism. Amen. And what He does for one, He will do for another. Amen. Amen. The blessings of the Lord, the benefits of the Lord are for every believer. Amen. And the blessings of the Lord, praise God, they're spiritual, but they're not just spiritual. There is more to it than that. Yes, Jesus paid the price so that we could be forgiven of our sins. He paid the price so that we could be saved, so that we could be born again, so that we could be a part of the family of God. He did that on our behalf, but that is just the beginning of all the benefits. Say, it's just the beginning. So we ought to walk in all that belongs to us. He did so much more on our behalf. The words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 3 are some of the most important words ever written to help us understand why Christ came and why he redeemed us. So turn in your Bibles to Galatians 3, beginning in verse 6. Galatians 3, beginning in verse 6. Galatians 3, beginning in verse 6. Consider Abraham. And you might say, well, who is that? Well, this week you got to go to the Old Testament. You got to go to Genesis and read about Abraham. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That's why in Romans chapter 4 and elsewhere, Paul says that Abraham, he is the father of our faith. He set the example. And one part of his example was he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 7, understand then that those who believe. Well, do you believe? You must believe you're here on a Sunday morning after we've had a whole week of special services. Do you believe? Yes, I believe. I believe. Those who believe are children of Abraham. Now out there, there are those that are the natural descendants of Abraham. In their minds, they are the children of Abraham. We have to get your mind around it that in Christ, we are just as much the children of Abraham. And again, you might think, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure about that. No, those who believe, say, I believe. I believe. Those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Well, that's you and me, amen? We have, as Paul says in Romans, we have been grafted into the family of God. 
God, the scriptures foresaw God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham, all nations. Say, say all nations. All nations. So that, that's everyone, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every nation, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, all nations will be blessed through you. Say, say blessed. blessed. And uh, maybe with your upbringing or your, your background, you are uncomfortable saying the word blessed. And so that's why you've got to, as Paul said, Romans 12, renew your mind to the word of God. And so this week you might have to work on what you're saying and what you're confessing. You get in your car and drive to work. Say, I'm blessed going to work. I'm blessed leaving work. I'm blessed. When people at work this week, wherever you work, whatever you got planned, they ask you how you're doing, say, I'm blessed. Smile and say, I'm the blessed of the Lord. Because again, for me, it's no big deal, but maybe with the way you were raised or your, your background or things mama or, or daddy said to you or things a preacher said to you, you feel bad even saying it. You feel like there's something wrong even saying it. Say, I'm blessed. So said all nations will be blessed through you. Verse 9, so those who have faith. Well, that's you and me, amen? Say, I have faith. So those who have faith are, they're what? They're blessed. Now notice, this is not just in my Bible. This is in your Bible. This has been there the entire time. So those who have faith, well, that's you, that's me. We have faith, amen? Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Those who have faith are what? I know, struggling. Barely making it. Sad. Lonely. Just don't know what I'm going to do. Is that what it says? No, it says those who have faith are blessed. And you might say, I don't feel blessed. This is part of renewing your mind to the Word of God. This is part of seeing what belongs to you in the Word of God, saying it has your name on it, saying it, confessing it, acting like it, talking like it, going to work like it. Those who have faith are blessed. Say, I am blessed. Say it again. Say, I am blessed. Say it again. Say, I am blessed. And again, this is a discipline because who knows what's going to be in the news tomorrow. So no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what your boss or your job or your employer might tell you you have to do, those who have faith are blessed. Say, I am blessed. And remember that Abraham, he left where the place that had been his home to go to a new home what we call the promised land. Yet he, he was the first of what we might call a new tribe, living amongst people, worshiping false demonic gods. I'm sure there were times when he felt like he was the only one. I'm sure there were times when he felt like he was all alone. Yet in the midst of all of that, the midst of Lot living in Sodom, all of that, he was blessed. So those who have faith are blessed. Say, I am blessed, blessed. along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us. Say, he redeemed me. So this is every believer. This is not just some. You know, there, there are certain denominations. One, the assemblies of God, they were known for believing in healing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those are distinctives that they believe in distinction to other denominations. But, but you can receive any benefit that belongs to you regardless of your background, regardless of your upbringing. 
It doesn't matter if your mama believed it or whoever. It belongs to you. Christ redeemed us. That is every believer. Say, he redeemed me from what? The curse of the law. You go to Deuteronomy 28. You can read about what the curse of the law is. The curse is sin. The curse is sickness. The curse is poverty. The curse is death. And we all know the positive part of Deuteronomy 28, the first 15 or so verses about the blessing of the Lord, but there are far more curses than there are blessings. And you need to read all of Deuteronomy 28 to find out about everything Jesus redeemed you from. It, it includes warts. It includes gross. It includes tumors. And you have believers running around and they're saying, well, the Lord's doing this, the Lord's doing that, the Lord's teaching me this, the Lord's teaching me that. They don't even realize that in Christ we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. They've been redeemed from it, they don't even know it, and they think it belongs to them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse force. The Bible tells us that he took all of that upon himself. Curse it, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that. This is the reason why. He redeemed us in order that. The blessing, say the blessing. He redeemed us in order that the blessing. Say, the blessing. Well, what blessing? The blessing of Brother Job? The blessing of Samson not being wholly committed to the Lord? The blessing of who? The blessing of Abraham. And so that's why we've got to go to the Old Testament, do our homework, and find out about Abraham the father of our faith, he redeemed us, why? He redeemed us in order that the blessing, say the blessing, given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ, Jesus, so that by faith. How do we receive it? By faith. And that's how we receive any good thing from God. Again and again in the Gospels, Jesus would tell people, your faith has made you well. Faith is the currency of God's kingdom. It's how we're saved. It's how we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's how we receive a healing. Faith is how we walk in the blessing of the Lord. You got to know about it. You got to believe that it belongs to you, that it's yours. You got to make it yours by what you're saying and praying and confessing. Then you have to walk in it. We receive any good thing from God by faith. Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing. Say the blessing. And who's, Ab who's blessing? Abraham's blessing. So in Christ, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, which is sin, sickness, poverty, and death. Verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's you and me through Christ, so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. He redeemed us in order that the blessing of Abraham might come to us through Christ Jesus, so that by faith, we might receive. So faith is how we receive any good thing from God. And why? Why were we redeemed? Why were we made a part of the family of God? In order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to us, to you and to me. So we were not redeemed to be defeated. We were not redeemed to struggle through life. We were not redeemed to live from defeat to defeat. The Bible says that Christ always leads us in triumphal 
procession. You know, I love that recently a church that the state of California and Governor Newsom just harassed, 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 harassed over the past year and a half. And God bless that pastor because he's not even a man that's a, we would call a faith guy. In fact, he has some, sometimes some harsh things to say about us faith people. But he had the holy guts just to have church the last year and a half. And California tried to shut him down. They tried to take him to court. Well, they, they have won. They have won. They have won. And now the state of California has got to reimburse them for all of their legal fees. Praise the Lord. So you just got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know what belongs to you. And we're, we are to walk in triumphal procession from victory to victory. Why were we redeemed? In order that the blessing, say the blessing, given to who? Given to Abraham might come to us through Christ. And we see in the word of God that the blessing of Abraham is not just spiritual. Praise God for every spiritual blessing. But we see in the word of God, the blessing of Abraham is not just spiritual. It is also material and financial. Abraham lived before the Bible was written. Abraham lived before Jesus gave his life on our behalf. Abraham lived before the coming and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Abraham never lived one day of his life as a born-again man. Abraham never lived one day of his life as a new creation in Christ. He never lived one day with the Holy Spirit indwelling him. So how did God bless Abraham? Materially, financially, with livestock and herds and gold. Abraham was blessed materially. And why were we redeemed? In order that the blessing, say the blessing. blessing. Say it again, say the blessing, the blessing given to Abraham might come to us. Now let's go to the Old Testament and look at a few examples. We see the covenant God made with Abraham in Genesis 12, beginning in verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will. I know I'm going to hinder you. I'm going to make life hard. I'm going to make life difficult. I'm going to do evil, mean, wicked things to teach you lessons so you can bring glory to me. Now, those are the things religion says. That's not what God told Abraham. I will make you into a great nation. And what did the Lord tell Abraham he would do? I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Now, this right here is what short circuits the blessings of God in many believers' lives. Because they want to be blessed, but they don't want to be a blessing. And that's not going to work. The Lord told Abraham, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. So if you want to walk in these benefits... If you want to walk in the blessing like Father Abraham, you got to get your heart right. It's not just up here. You got to get your heart right. And you got to come to the place in your heart where you decide that you're going to be blessed, but you're going to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. A blessing to the kingdom of God, a blessing to your family, a blessing to those you love, a blessing to those in need, a blessing to everyone around you. I will make your name great. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And look at the other part of this Abrahamic promise, the blessing that, we, that has been made available to us in Christ. And this will encourage some of you in the day we're living in. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Now, that, that is a frightening thing. And I know I want to be on the right side of that. Amen? You cannot curse what God has blessed. You cannot curse the man or woman God has blessed. He said, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And so when the righteous are threatened by the wicked, we ought to grieve for the wicked and pray for the wicked, intercede for the wicked, because when they curse the people of God, God says that he will curse them. There's going to be judgment. There's going to be hell to pay. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be how many peoples? I know, just the Jews. The Jews will be blessed through you, but those Gentiles, they're going to do with that. Is that what it says? Is that what God said to Abraham? All people, how many? All. all. And what does all mean? All. all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We're the seed of Abraham. And like Abraham, the father of our faith, we are blessed to be a blessing. Say, I am blessed, I am blessed. to be a blessing. That's the purpose of our prosperity. Not, not as pastor taught and preached so wonderfully this week so we can get our statement at the end of every month and feel good. We are blessed to be a blessing. That is the purpose of our prosperity. And Abraham was blessed. He was blessed of the Lord. How blessed was Abraham? Abraham was so blessed that eventually he had to separate from his nephew Lot. They were so rich and had so much livestock, the land could not support both of them. Genesis 13 and verse 2 says, Abraham had become very wealthy. Say, very wealthy. Very and again, you, this is something that we all have to renew our minds to because there are those raised with the religious prejudice that as the children of God, we ought not have anything. We ought not be able to afford anything. And that certain things and certain places are too nice for the children of God. And that's a lie of the world. That's a lie of religion. That is a lie of Satan. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. So praise God for every spiritual blessing. But the blessing of the Lord and the blessing of Abraham that is ours in Christ, it is not just spiritual. It is also material and financial. It is even physical and bodily blessing. Amen. Abraham lived to be 175 years old. He and his wife, Sarah, they were old people. And they were old. Tell your neighbor, say, they were old when they were blessed with Isaac, the child of promise. So it was not just spiritual it was material, it was financial, but they were also obviously blessed in their health and in their physical mortal bodies. They, they didn't have any drug companies to help them out back in the day they lived in. They were blessed of the Lord. So they were blessed. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. Well, if it's wrong to have anything, if it's wrong to have more than you need, why did God make Abraham rich? Why did God make Abraham not just wealthy, but very wealthy? If we're only supposed to have enough to pay the bills and then nothing left over, why did God make Abraham 
very wealthy. Tell your neighbor, say, God made Abraham rich. Tell your other neighbor, say, God made Abraham wealthy. Say, very wealthy. So this is part of the blessing. And you go back to Galatians 3.14, Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing. And who's blessing? I know the blessing of dear brother. Everybody always wants to talk about Job. And they don't read the rest of the story. Job ended up with twice as much. And he ended up with a new wife, new family. First lady at the beginning told him, curse God and die. That is not being equally yoked together. Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to us. And that blessing, praise God, it's not just spiritual, it is also material and financial. Genesis 12 and verse 2, God told Abraham, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. That's the purpose of our prosperity. We're blessed to be a blessing. Why is Satan so opposed to the prosperity and success of believers? He does not want us to have the ability to be a blessing. Don't you see, don't you see with everything going on, money is important. We do need money. We need to have money. We need to have more than we need. So if, so if they say, you need to do this or we're going to fire you, you have enough to where it doesn't matter. You see it now? See, the world uses money for control. The world uses money to get people to do evil, wicked things against their will. So as the children of God, we ought not just have enough, we ought to have more than we need. Amen. And this goes together with freedom and walking in freedom and having the ability to lead your family in freedom. So why is Satan so opposed to the prosperity of believers? He doesn't want us to have the ability to be a blessing. He wants us to have to stand in line. He wants us to have to do what the world is telling us to do. He doesn't want it to be a matter of choice or a matter of faith in God. He wants us to have to say yes and comply simply because we need the check coming on Friday. But Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to us so that by faith we might receive, so that by faith we might walk in. In Genesis 12, Abraham obeyed God. In Genesis 14, he tithed and worked God's financial plan. Genesis 14, beginning in verse 18. This is after he had rescued his nephew Lot, and God had given him a great victory in the spoils of war. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he, he blessed. The man of God blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand? Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The King James says he gave tithes of all. Say tithes of all. He had no Bible. Christ had not yet come yet, and yet he was more obedient than many believers today. He gave tithes of all, a tenth of everything. So unlike so many modern believers, he obeyed God. He tithed. He worked God's financial plan. Then look at verse Verses 21 through 24, the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing. Say nothing. nothing. So he told the king of Sodom, 
I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. You know, people say to me, Austin, how come you don't come to this? I'm not going to go listen to anybody that has been doing church live online for a year and a half. I have no interest. Well, Austin, why don't you come to this or that? I'm, I'm going to get online and I'm going to look to see how much, if they took government money last year and how much money they took. This is a part of our witness. And part of walking in the blessing of Abraham is that no matter what's going on in the world, we look to our heavenly father as our source. So even if the king of Sodom comes along and says, well, if you put this in your body, I'll give you $100. Or if you'll close your doors and not have church six months or a year or a year and a half, we'll give you $5 million or, or $6 million. And, and if you'll set up your, your church as a vaccination center, we'll kick in a few hundred extra thousand dollars. Part of walking in the blessing of the Lord is we look to our heavenly father as our source and our supply. And we don't compromise. We don't do things contrary to the word of God just because the king of Sodom comes along and says, well, I want to offer you some, some money. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I will accept nothing. Say nothing. Well, that's not $5, that's not that, nothing, say nothing. I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me. So in our lives, we, no matter what's going on, we have to look to God as our source. We have to look to God as our supply. We have to look to God as our provider. Doesn't matter if they announce tomorrow that they're going to give everybody a stimulus every two weeks. God is our source. God is our supply. God is our provider. And what the United States government giveth, the Chinese government can take away. So keep your priorities right. It's time to give up any idolatry. God is our source. God is our supply. God is our provider. We have to do our best to vote for the lesser of two evils, but we ought not get excited about any man or woman, no matter how great they seem to be. Because somehow when people get to Washington, D.C., they're, they're messed up quickly. God is our source. God is our supply. God is our provider. Not, not the government. Not any politician. You know, I was thinking about this past week. I thought I'd post it, didn't. I'll say it now. Jesus is the great physician. Jesus is my healer. And I, again, as I said, I'm thankful for all the wonderful people that serve as doctors and nurses and all that they do. But Jesus is the great physician. And Jesus is my healer. And the Lord, he is God. And the Lord, he is my source. And the Lord is my provider. And the Bible says my, my help cometh from the Lord. So I look to the Lord. I look to the Lord. I look to the Lord, not to the government, not to any politician, not to a bureaucrat doctor, not to this drug company or that drug company. I look to the Lord. He is my source. He is my supply. 
He is my provider. He is my protector. He is my healer. So I look to the Lord. And this is more important than ever in these days we're living in. Who made Abraham rich? Who made Abraham very wealthy? I know it was the king of Sodom. Who made Abraham rich? Who made him very wealthy? It was the Lord. It was God. The blessing of Abraham is not just spiritual. It is material and financial. And you just got to get your mind around it. When I was a young man, you might have heard me tell this story, about 15 years old, doing driver's ed, excited about getting my driver's license, all that went with it. And people assume that the, the level of blessing my parents walk in now, it's, it's always been that way. As you work God's plan, the blessing of the Lord becomes exponential over time. And so when I was 15 or so, you know, I had in my mind as a 15-year-old young man what I wanted to drive as my first car, and it quickly dawned on me that my parents did not have the same vision. And I remember the day my father told me, he said, Austin, we were, I think we went to eat at Jason's Deli in North Arlington, don't know if it's still there, and there was this older, older, heavily driven, heavily used, multiple families had used that car, black four-door Volvo, you know, when they were made out of steel, you know, not cool looking at all. Great family car, nothing cool about it for a 16-year-old boy. And my, my father said, that, that's what I have in mind for you. <laughs> Slow, not cool at all. Well, the desire of my heart was a little two-seater BMW Roadster that they had just come out with. And they hadn't made anything like that, imported it. They had an earlier car that they couldn't import because of the design. Little four-cylinder engine, not fast, but cool-looking car. And my parents were like, no, absolutely not. But as a young man, I, I began to pray that the Lord would bless them and the Lord would make a way. And long story short, he did. I'm telling the story not because of that, but the rest of the story. The rest of the story. A year or so went by, maybe a year and a half, and it was a Sunday night or Wednesday night at church. There were some ministers visiting, some people that my, my parents had known a long time. And we were standing there in the foyer, the building at I-30, and they saw that little two-seater roadster. And the minister, he said to me, well, if someday you want to serve the Lord, you can't drive a car like that. If someday you want to be a minister or serve the Lord as a missionary, you can't drive a car like that. See, that, that's not Bible. That's somebody's religious denominational prejudice that they were raised with. But as a young man, see, faith and the desires of my heart had brought a miracle to pass, but here was somebody that should know better, should know more word, and they, they were throwing a wet blanket on what the Lord had done. And so you got to set all of that aside. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, set it all aside. As long as your desires are consistent with God's word and a good and righteous life, as long as you're not believing the Lord for anything that's wrong or sinful, he wants you to have the desires of your heart. And we were driving home yesterday, and there was a guy coming down the road, and his truck was so big and so flared out, I thought we needed to pull off the road to let him drive by. That could be the desire of your heart. He wants you to have the desires of your heart, whatever they are, whatever it looks like, whatever color that it is. So you have to set aside the religious prejudice that having anything is wrong or having the desires of your heart is wrong 
or having more than you need is wrong. Say, I possess the blessing of Abraham in Christ. Say, the blessing of Abraham belongs to me. Galatians 3 and verse 14, he redeemed us. So I'd mark this in your Bible. I'd highlight this in your Bible. Galatians 3 is important. Galatians 3, 14. He redeemed us. The reason, the purpose behind why Jesus did all that he did for us. And praise God, our sins are forgiven. Praise God, we're a part of the family of God. Praise God, we're born again. Praise God, we're new creations in Christ. Praise God that heaven is our home. Amen? More than ever, we certainly feel like aliens and strangers passing through. But that is just the beginning of all the blessings and all the benefits that belong to us in Christ Jesus. He redeemed us in order that the blessing. Say, say the blessing. The blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. You've got to realize these blessings, living in good health, having a long life, walking in the blessing of God, your every need being met with plenty left over, more than enough, these blessings belong to you. So you got to say, they're mine. You got to show up and say, I will take possession of what belongs to me. I'll tell one more story. You know, sometimes my father will joke that sometimes he'll tell someone to go do this or that, and it'd be a blessing. Go do this or that, go get this or that, and then they just drag their feet. Six months, a year go by, and he'll just say, well, if they don't want to take action, they can just do without. Not me. I think last year, towards the end of the summer, went to their house for Sunday lunch one day, and he said, Austin, you know, it's time for you to replace that. I want you to go get the new version. And I knew it was the end of production. There were, there were only so many. And, but he told me, he said, you go get it, and I'll pay for it. It didn't take me seven days. And the one I wanted, the color I wanted, was in another state. I had it lined up. I had it brought to the Metroplex and said, Dad, it has arrived. Why? It had my name on it. My, my father, who is a man, who is not the Lord, he said, it's yours. So I took him at his word, and I said, it's mine. And I took action to take possession. Remember two Sundays mornings ago, we learned about Caleb? Caleb was an old man, and he and Josh were both old men, but they were still strong in the Lord. And Joshua said, well, through Moses, the Lord said, this area over here is yours, but there are some giants in it, but I want you to know it's yours. And Joshua said, I, I, Caleb said, I'm strong in the Lord, and he took possession of what was his as an old man. You got to decide it's yours. You got to decide that every blessing of God, it belongs to you. It's got your name on it and you're going to take it by faith. And the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven forcefully advances. And what kind of men and women lay a hold of it? Forceful. Faith is forceful. Because the faith-filled man or woman, they, knows, they know what is theirs. They know what belongs to them, and they're willing to take whatever action is necessary to take it by faith. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. 
To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.